1: Good morning. Asia Pacific shares mixed this morning. Investors in Tokyo have returned from a one day holiday in a selling mood. The Nikkei is down half a percent. Sydney in the red as well. Seoul is hovering near the flat line, but it is trading slightly positive. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. How is hump day looking?
0: It's looking wet so far from my view of <laughs> the window. So that is the latest weather report for you. Wet and wet. <laughs>
1: thank you ryan since i have come into the office looking like a wet seal i know fully what you mean because it's raining here in topayo as well so let's start this morning with breaking news here at home ryan singapore's economy grew more than seven percent in the third quarter according to the latest stats released by the ministry of trade and industry that is significantly better than what the government had been expecting so what is driving our growth ryan
0: Yeah, let's say lay out the numbers first. So you mentioned better than expected and that is for full year forecast coming through at seven. Percent. Um, that is at the upper range of the earlier window that they prescribed 6 to 7%. And if you look at the third quarter alone, that came in at 7.1%. And that is higher than the advanced estimates of 6.5%. So you are looking at a couple of things, um, a couple of um, factors driving up the growth projections. And that is with how we've seen some of these uh, restrictions being lifted, some of these vaccination rates uh, have been higher, allowing more countries to just take part in more economic activities. And that was true for the likes of especially the electronics sector was one of the strong points. That's with the backdrop of the tightened chip supply. So that was a strong area of growth. Finance was also doing well. Insurance also was up. And if you look at what's being painted in terms of um, possible outlook um, improvements, we have, of course, the VTLs being a part to play that might lift the aviation and tourism sectors. Also, the labour shortages that many industries especially in the offshore marine side the construction side that may start to be alleviated when we look at how some of the border restrictions have been started to be eased from south asia and myanmar so there's going to be good signs for these industries as well so by and large it's a positive report for q3 and for this year and for next year
1: Fantastic roundup. It's good to also keep in mind government officials cautioning that that 7% growth rate is not going to become the norm. They expect next year's growth to slow to 3 to 5%. Mm. Now, in the meantime, rising prices have been a constant topic of conversation, both for investors as well as consumers who are facing rising utility and other bills as well. This morning, we have a fresh sense of just how much prices are rising here at home. Inflation in October rose 3.2 percent. That is its highest level in more than eight years. Break it down for us, Ryan. Are there any positive signs here?
0: Yeah, not a surprise. if you've been watching prices. It's been going up across the board. And in terms of good news, well, you could expect these pressures to ease sometime in 2022. That is if the central bank's projections come to pass. So they are expecting supply problems to be progressively resolved by then, but they still flag a risk that this global supply bottleneck will possibly take longer than expected. So there is that risk, but they are hoping or expecting those pressures to fade in the early part of 2022, as we see a decline in new COVID-19 cases and rising vaccination rates. So that will play a part. And the good news, I guess, for businesses is they feel that the recovery will be strong enough for businesses to pass on those rising costs sometime next year. So look out for your items to
1: cost a bit more. Oh boy, bear of bad news this morning. Now, one place where higher prices are particularly evident is at the petrol pumps. So the OPEC plus nations have so far refused to increase production significantly despite U.S. pressure. So the Biden administration, in concert with five other nations, China, India, Korea, Japan, the U.K., they've announced they will release oil from their strategic reserves. The coordinated release is the first such move of its kind. So, Ryan, fighting inflation is normally thought to be in the realm of central banks. The release of strategic reserves, though, is part of a campaign by Biden to do what presidents often cannot, and that is beat inflation directly. So, what are analysts saying? Is this initiative to bring down oil prices likely to be successful?
0: Yeah, so it is quite interesting in the sense that you pointed out typically it's the central bank's job to fight inflation Mm. but this is against the backdrop of how there have been so many uh, protests so much unhappiness within the american public uh, about rising costs just to give you a bit of uh, some context if you look at the price of gasoline that was um that is now around $3.40 a gallon. That's more than 50% higher than a year ago. So it is biting into the pockets of many Americans. So it is seeing Joe Biden just putting more pressure on many businesses, including oil companies. And if we look at what he is doing on the bigger picture, he is trying to add more supply to the market by taking it out of his strategic petroleum reserves. So 50 million barrels of oil Mm. and that will combine with whatever will be committed by India, the UK, China, Japan and South Korea. So they will also join the party. Um, So that is supposed to help bring down prices. And also worth noting, Joe Biden tweeted this morning that he says he will not stand by while oil companies engage in profiteering at the expense of American families. So there is that prospect as well that you might see a bit of a clamp down on big oil.
1: Yeah, strategic move by the US president to try to reduce prices just before the holiday season as well. Uh, Market reaction to the coordinated announcement was mixed. Initially, oil prices dropped, but then buying pressure seemed to kick in. The price of US crude rose 2.3 percent. Wholesale gasoline rose 3.4 percent overnight. Ryan, why did prices rise and not fall on the announcement?
0: Yeah, it does seem a bit intuitive. When you have more supply, typically the prices will drop. But in this case, it seems to be a result of two factors. One is that this was well telegraphed. We've been talking about this uh, for quite some time, the past few weeks. So it is something the market was expecting and already pricing in. So it is a reversal of the prices that have been drifting lower in the past few days. And if you look at what's happened with the... Um, details of the plan. Even though 50 million is bigger than the 35 million that was banded around earlier, mm. the details of the plan means that anyone buying the oil, then this will be required of them to return to the strategic petroleum reserves in the next one to three years. So that that may have blunted the impact somewhat when you look at how uh, this will play out for um, the balance of inventory.
1: West Texas crude currently trading around 78 US dollars a barrel. Brent crude trading above 82 US dollars. Ryan, a big, big question that many in the markets are asking now is this Will the OPEC plus nations cut back on production to offset this action by US, China, and others? What do you think?
0: Yeah, it is going to be interesting to watch because they will be meeting next week on 2nd of December, around Thursday, to decide what to do next after this move. And this is the largest coordinated move um, by the non-OPEC members. So you have this in focus and they have already warned that Mm. they might cut back on their production um, hikes. Um, remember they took out a lot of production during the COVID-19 period and now they are trying to add it back again to return to normal levels. So they've been trying to do that over the past few months and now they are thinking, hey, maybe we shouldn't be stepping on the pedal right now. We should be stepping on the brakes and just let Gap negate whatever non-OPEC members have just done. But that is the argument for it, but the argument against it is that OPEC plus involves many members and many of these countries and members have been struggling to keep up with those commitments to cut back on output. Because when they cut back on output, it means a shortfall in revenue. And with COVID-19 and all the stimulus packages that have been rolled out, many of these countries require um, some form of government revenue um, to beef up their coffers.
1: The OPEC-plus group of oil producers would have to defer at least two months' worth of planned output increases to offset the strategic stockpile releases led by the U.S. Time for corporate news. The first headline I'd like to discuss with you, Ryan, has to do with the competition that is currently underway to buy Singapore Press Holdings non-media assets. CS, the Securities Investors Association of Singapore, is challenging both potential bidders, Cuscadin Peak and Keppel Corp, to explain how their actions are in the best interests of shareholders. So, Ryan, tell us, what are some of the questions CS is raising?
0: Okay, so this is via a letter from its president and chief executive, David Gerald. So the letter to Cascadian, they want Cascadian Peak to spell out its long-term plans for SPH REIT should its bid succeed. It's also seeking clarification on its intention with the listing status of the REIT and also... Sias wants to find out what factors would determine the chain offer price for SPH read. Should an offer be triggered given the trading price of a dollar and one cent right now. And the letter to Keppel questions Krappel why Keppel is making urgent for SPH shareholders to cast their votes. And this is with reference to Keppel's comments last Tuesday when it reiterated that its offer was firm and irrevocable. And there was a quote from Keppel that says the sooner the scheme is approved, the better it is for SPH so as to reduce any further uncertainty and instability for its various shareholders and preserve value. So SIAS has also asked what capital means by further uncertainty and instability. And just to wrap things up, one note that Sias has flagged is shareholders have highlighted that it will be fairer and easier for them to make a decision if both offers are on the table at the same time. Right now, as it stands, they will need to vote for Capos offer on eight December and then vote on Cascadian Peaks offer eight weeks later at least.
1: Mm, so why not consider both at the same time? Now, next up, uh, we've talked a lot on this show recently about how China Evergrande and other Chinese developers have been offloading assets to raise funds to increase their liquidity and to pay debts. Well, this morning, we have an indication of how one investor has made a quick buck, a lot more than a quick buck, actually. Try half a billion bucks from one of these sales. Ryan, tell us more.
0: Okay, so this is... Hang Ten Networks Group, and it's sitting on a paper profit of $582 million. So, all after the shares surged in the wake of the sale. So, you have back then in November 17, Li Xiaoyu. He is the buyer behind it. So he bought Evergrande's 18% stake in uh, this internet services firm for 2.13 billion Hong Kong dollars. That is at a discounted price of a dollar and 28 cents a share. And since then, the stock has rallied almost 140% to four dollars. So. As a result of Evergrande's woes, they had to offload some of these Hangtan Network Group shares and someone came in to buy it at a discount and then sold it, or at least it is sitting on some paper profits right now of almost 140%.
1: I'm, my jaw is still on the floor. Um, back here at home, there is speculation about a possible shakeup in the Straits Times Index when its quarterly review comes out next month. So Ryan, who do investors think could be booted from the STI and which company might replace it?
0: Yeah, it's a familiar name if you've been following SDI for the past few years. It's Olam International. So they were taken out in 2015 and they, according to CGS CIMB, might be in the running to come back in again and replace Comfort Delgro. So this is with the backdrop of how their fortunes have been cost- contrasting, you know, with talk about how prices have been going up for many things, including commodities. That is the space that Olam operates in, so its fortunes have been doing pretty okay. On the flip side, Comfort Delgo has been going through quite a bit of a well some bad news. You no, know, they had to ditch their IPO plans recently in Australia because of a change in market conditions. Mm. And on top of that, you've got a change in the market cap as well. And um, that is now seeing Comfort Delgo rank 40-second by market cap at $3.29 billion on Monday's close. That compares with Olam, which is ranked at 23rd at $6.38 billion. So if you look into these factors, there is a case for Olam to go back into the STI again.
1: Yeah, we'll keep a close eye on this. If Olam does join the STI, look for institutional investors to increase their holdings of the stock and to sell off shares in ComfortDelGro. In other local market actions, Singapore will soon have its first new REIT listing of the year. Daiwa House Logistics Trust public offer closes today at noon. It's going to begin trading on the Singapore Exchange on Friday. Ryan, tell us more about DHLT's business. Okay,
0: here we go. It's going to be investing in logistics and industrial real estate assets across Asia. So it will be looking to offer 244.4 million units at around $0.80 cents a unit for the subscription. And that will be expected to be trading come this Friday at 2 p.m. So something to look out for. And in terms of yield, it is forecasting this to come in for 2021 at around 6.3% and then rise to 6.5% in 2022. So that is um, the next REIT to look out for on the
1: SGX. Yeah, REIT investors have another new option this week as well. UOB Asset Management has listed a REIT ETF that is linked to environmental performance. Time now for more corporate news and a game of Up or Down. So get U.S. retail stocks, Ryan, Up or Down? I am going with up, and that is because
0: we've seen actually pretty good results in the past quarter, the latest earnings season, uh, painting a pretty good run so far. And they've been so confident enough that they have been able to talk about raising prices. So they've managed to, by and large, ride outside the supply chain problems, and they are expected to continue this growth momentum in the coming months.
1: I'm going to go with down. Picture changes where you stand, I think. So, shares of Gap, Best Buy, Nordstrom, they're suffering double-digit losses following disappointing earnings announcements and sales forecasts. Let's move on to U.S. pharmacies and see if we agree there, Ryan.
0: (laughs) I think um, this would be a down for me. So, this is around the opioid crisis, the pain pills that Hmm. caused quite a big scandal in the U.S. So, Three retail pharmacy chains have been deemed to be, um, have recklessly distributed massive amounts of these pain pills. So that's the latest um, verdict by a US federal jury. So it sets a tone for more implications, for more pharmacies to be held accountable for their roles in this crisis.
1: Yes, first time these companies, pharmacy companies, have completed a trial to defend themselves. And the drug crisis, by the way, has killed half a million in the US over the last two decades. Reckless distribution um, is found by the US court, so down for me as well for those three pharmaceutical chains. Now, let's look at C Limited. Uh, Is it up or down? Okay, this is
0: an up for me. So, you have... Despite C still making losses, you've got a, a, a buy call from DBS Brokerage Research. So it is raising its target price even from $390 to $402 on a basis of higher valuation from its e commerce business. So that is making C, Shopee, and Garena just a bit more attractive when you look at the latest recommendation coming through.
1: Yeah, I agree. Up for me as well on the back of uh, DBS raising its target price. DBS clearly thinking that C's e-commerce business will continue to grow. Okay, finally, I have Maple Tree Logistics Trust up or down?
0: All right, talking about continuing to grow, Maple Tree Logistics Trust is on a shopping spree. I'm buying seventeen grade A logistics assets. So that is to the tune of one point four billion dollars. I will go with up because this is just positioning itself for future growth. So up for Maple Tree.
1: Up for me as well, yes, on the back of that $1.4 billion worth of new properties that Maple Tree Logistics Trust is acquiring in China, Vietnam and Japan. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 24 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index finished down a third of a percent yesterday at 32.27. So how is the STI trading this morning, Ryan?
0: All right, let's take a quick look at the STI. and. Across Asia, it has been rather muted after a mixed session overnight. And in Singapore, the STI is up 0.3%, 3,236. So overnight, we saw tech stocks again under pressure because of the climb in treasury yields on the flip side it was good news for banks and of course energy stocks because of the jump in oil prices so if you look at what's happening across um, in singapore with the sti mostly green only four names in the red and right at the top yang shipbuilding up three percent so this could also be a factor of the economic Projections coming in stronger than expected for Singapore and Maple Tree Commercial Trust following behind by 1.4%, City Dev behind by 1.1%. At the bottom of the table, we have Maple Tree Logistics Trust. So this is now down by 2% at a dollar ninety-one. So it could also be a factor of the other part of the news where they are trying to raise money to partially fund these um, acquisitions we just talked about. So that is in the red at the bottom of the STI table. Dairy Farm is also down by 0.6% at 315 And rounding up right now at the bottom is Johnny Matheson Holdings down 0.3%.
1: Thanks very much, Ryan. Ryan Huang there. Asia Pacific shares mixed this morning? I'll continue to monitor markets for you right here on Your Money.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.
1: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.